0: It's a little chilly outside, but it makes it feel a little bit more like Christmas. I'm Matthew, lead pastor here at Grace Community Church, and I just want to say I'm so thankful uh, to be sharing this time with you on Christmas Eve. Uh, We're really happy that you're here with us and decided to choose Grace to worship with us uh, on Christmas Eve. Um, For those of you who don't know, Christmas is here. Um, and some of you have been thinking, wow, this really snuck up on me. And some of you have been planning since they put decorations out in October. So whether you are ready for it or not, tomorrow is the day. And uh, it is full of all kinds of celebrations because it is truly worth it um, when you celebrate it for what it is. If you've, been ba- if you've been with us over the past four weeks, you know that we've been going through the Advent season looking at God and the embodiment of Jesus Uh, talking about the gift that Jesus is to us with hope, love, joy, and peace. And I want to remind us that this Christmas story uh, is a really powerful story uh, filled with wonder and mystery and miracles, but also it's a story of real places and real people. Mary, Joseph, the wise men the shepherds, and, of course, Jesus. But the story is not just about them. The story is also about real people like you and me. That this story of Christmas is powerful, that that God comes to us to be with us and to remind us that He is for us. It's been said that Jesus' coming to earth is the most wonderful gift of all eternity. And in our time together this afternoon, I want to talk through this embodiment of Jesus with hope, love, joy, and peace unto us, Jesus. First of all, Jesus brings hope. How many of you, just by show of hands, are from out of town, not South Carolina? And how many of you are from South Carolina? That should be the rest of you, by the way. Now, one of the things I love about South Carolina is our license plate. That's a really funny thing to like, but the reason I like our license plate is because our state motto is on the license plate, which is, while I breathe, I hope. Now, this phrase has been dated back uh, centuries and not really sure of the origin, but the Latin meaning is still the same. And when translated out from the Latin translation, it means this. While there's life, there's hope. The only and only the dead have none. Now this Christmas story is about life and hope. The life of Jesus and the hope he brings. A couple of authors talk about hope this way in regards to Christmas. That the Christmas message is that there is hope for ruined humanity. Hope of pardon, hope of peace with God, hope of glory, because at the Father's will, Jesus became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 years later, he might hang on a cross. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, said this, Without Christ, there is no hope. And God gave a promise through the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Hope has a powerful impact on the human soul, and we understand the power of hope in its presence, but also when hope is absence. Now, hope, as we talk about in our vernacular today, in our context, in our culture, we talk about hope in in regards to almost it sounding like we're wishing something. There's an uncertainty about it, that we hope something happens. But the New Testament idea of hope is a very different definition of hope. In fact, New Testament definition of hope is a certain thing will happen, that we have full assurance. And the hope is that God will do good for us. Now there's another descriptive word about hope in the New Testament. It's called our living hope. Now why is that important? And what does that mean about Christians having a living hope? Well, it means that hope in Jesus will never die. Because Jesus is alive forevermore. Anything or anyone else we place our hope in will die and will not fulfill a living hope. So the question this afternoon is this. Where are you placing your hope? Your job will someday end. Your money will someday run out and people will not be here forever but Jesus is the only one who lives forever Jesus brings hope Jesus also brings love human beings you and I were created by God and were hardwired inside of us to love God And that love of God, that that Godward way of living, that God consciousness was to be the very thing that would shape every thought we had, every decision we made, every motive that moved us, every word, every action for every person, the love of God was to be that in us. But it's really clear That something has happened because there must be some other love that has claimed the heart of human beings. Because no longer do all people at all times delight to serve God. And no longer do they find joy in His joy. Do they want to stay inside His boundaries? But they willingly, Scripture says, do what is evil in His sight. And think about this. If the love of God is the ultimate design and command, then the greatest evil of evils is the failure to love God. We need to understand this one important thing. That just because we don't love God doesn't mean we don't love. Every person in this room is not loveless. In fact, we are all lovers. We will love something or someone. And we recognize what love is because, 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. Now the very thing that replaces love for God is the love of self. Now think about it just for a second. Put yourself in God's shoes. If you created the human race to be hardwired to love him, and they have taken their love to someone else, they've betrayed you, how would you respond? How do you respond now? Thank goodness that God does not love like we love or respond like we respond. Because in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says this. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, while we were taking our love somewhere else. God sent Jesus. And the fact of the matter is this, that God cannot stop loving you. Philip Yancey said this, There is nothing we can do to make God love us more, and there is nothing we can do to make God love us less. Jesus came to communicate God's love. St. Augustine said this God loves each one of us as if there were only one of us. We find in Jesus that God's love and forgiveness is not given away sparingly, but recklessly and indiscriminately. God's love is completely and thoroughly inclusive. Why is it so inclusive? Because all of us need the redemptive love of God in Jesus. And that leads us to joy. It's been said that we live as we were created to be when joy is the foundation. Some of us remember this scene from a famous Christmas movie by a guy named Clark Griswold. (laughs) Clark Griswold puts on thousands of lights. In fact, 250 strands, 100 lights on each strand for a grand total of 25,000 Italian imported twinkle lights. And you know the scene. He takes the cord and he asks his family to do the drum roll. And he bellows out joy to the world. And he brings the cords together and nothing. And we can relate to this sometimes. Because sometimes it seems like joy can escape us. Even when we think we've done everything that we're supposed to do. When we've checked every single bulb. And yet still joy can be missing. Because joy is not on the outside, it's not external, it's internal. Joy is grounded upon God Himself and derived from Him, no matter our situations and no matter our circumstances. But we know that life can be hard, and sometimes it feels like in life we're just hanging on to joy, and so our joy sometimes, most times, looks like this. But here's the real joy, here's the real joy, is that the joy we get in Christmas is not that we have to hang on to joy, but that joy has come down to hang on to us. It's not about what we do, it's about what God has done through Jesus to hang on to us. God looked at this broken world. He looked at us, broken inside, separated in the relationship with him, seeing that we've taken our love to another place. And his joy was to send Jesus to hang on to us. Peter described this kind of joy as inexpressible and glorious. He says in 1 Peter 1, 8, and 9, If you love him even though you have never seen him, Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. Which brings us to peace. If you read the Bible at all, you'll see in the Old Testament and the New that that there's an underlying theme throughout all of Scripture, and it's the theme of peace. There's all kinds of substitutes for peace, but none of them satisfy. In John chapter 14, 27, Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. His peace is altogether different. And in the Bible, when you break down peace, there's two kinds of peace that Scripture talks about. There's the peace with God, and there's the peace of God. First, peace with God means this, that That Jesus came to bring alienated and shameful and sinful mankind back into peace with him. And how could he do that? Colossians 1, 19-22. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. The cross of Jesus took a sinful man and a holy God and he brought them together so that we could have peace with God. And when you and I accept Christ and his work on the cross, you and I receive Jesus and experience peace with God. Think about that phrase just for a minute. Peace with God. And he knows everything about you. And yet he offers Jesus so we can have peace with him. But the second aspect of peace in Scripture is the peace of God. And once you have peace with God, then you can have the peace of God. And you can't have the peace of God unless you have peace with God. So let me ask you do you have peace? with God. One author wrote this, the God who has our salvation, peace with God, also has our situations, the peace of God. Jesus said of himself in John 16:33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace. In me, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Agree? Jesus says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. There will be storms. There will be people who will bring heavy winds, situations will seek to toss us. But deep in our hearts, we have peace because we have peace with God if we've accepted Jesus as our Savior. The angel said this, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Christmas, to me, is really the most wonderful time of the year. I love it. And it's hard for us sometimes to separate Christmas and gifts. Gifts at Christmas, Christmas brings gifts. I'm not sure at your house if you have, like mine, presents waiting to be opened. We are a no-opening present family on Christmas Eve. Anybody else? How many of you do the one-present deal on Christmas Eve? We do no presents on Christmas Eve, all Christmas morning. And so there's an anticipation that builds, an expectation, an excitement that builds. And many of the presents are wrapped, great-looking wrapping paper, ribbons, bows. And I want to remind us that God has given us a gift, not wrapped in paper or ribbon or bows. But Scripture says that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger Paul describes it this way and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sin against him later on in the letter Paul says this thanks be to God for his indescribable gift I meet with a group of guys on Friday mornings for coffee, and we asked we asked this question: When does a gift become a gift? When it's given, or when it's received? And we had some really brilliant, deep answers. But at the end of the day, we agreed that both have to happen. And God has done His part in giving the gift. Our part is to receive the gift, not just to know the story. The places or the people, but to receive the gift of Jesus. So that inside our hearts and in our lives, we have hope, love, joy, and peace. Because we can never truly enjoy Christmas until we have re- received his Christmas gift. I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, but. There will be gifts given at Christmas that as soon as you open them up, you're looking for the receipt. Anybody else? (laughs) And that we've all given this gift to somebody and then they give us a gift back and we realize real quickly that we've been (laughs) out-gifted. That they gave something better than we gave them. And so just for the record, God has out-gifted us. There is no gift, no money, no work, nothing that we can give. And so, your question may be well, Matthew, what is it that I could give him then? And the answer is this you give him the only thing he wants, he wants you, all of you, all your thoughts, all your motives all your dreams. Ultimately, he wants you to trust him and his work of Jesus on the cross. That's what you give Jesus at Christmas. Because Jesus is the fulfillment of all hope, the expression of all love, the source of all joy, and the person of our peace. In fact, Jesus is our life. Paul captured a snapshot of this life and listened to the hope, joy, love, and peace in Romans 5, chapter, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Jesus. Let's pray. God, what a privilege it is to share this evening with so many people that have come to celebrate and worship. And I pray that we've all been reminded of the great gift that you've given us in Jesus. I pray that this time of year, Would be a time where we can pause long enough to express our gratitude and thanksgiving back to you for all that you have given to us. And I do pray that if anyone here tonight has not received this gift, that they would receive it this evening so they can truly celebrate what you've done for us. And we trust you with that in Jesus' name. Amen.